Today, for our message, we're going to be doing something a little bit different, and we did this about a year ago. It's something called Lectio Divina, and in your bulletins, you should have received a piece of paper that looks like this. And Lectio Divina, it's a contemplative way of reading the Bible, and it dates back to the early centuries of the Christian church. Um, it was a monastic practice that monks would practice. Um, it was a way of praying the scriptures. It was a way um, that you would read the scripture that would lead you into a deeper understanding of God's words. It's a way to slow down when we read scripture and where we savor it, um, where we let scripture speak to us in a new way, and hopefully it speaks to us personally and in a way that unites us through Christ. So, um, as I said, it's an ancient method of praying scripture, and it's based on the belief that Christ is truly present in scripture, that when we read it, we are um, allowing the Lord to speak to us and connecting with him. And so, what this looks like is, um, we're going to be reading a passage, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, and we're going to read through it four different times. And each way, we're going to approach it in a different way. The first time, we will be reading it just to become familiar with the text. The second time, we are going to meditate on it and think a little deeper on what this text means to us in our life today. The next time we read it, we're going to be contemplating, um, contemplating what God may be asking you to do um, going beyond just what you think, but then letting God speak to you in that moment. And then the last time, we're going to read it as a prayer. And the neat thing is this passage, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, is actually a prayer for the Ephesians, and it's one of my absolute favorite passages in the entire Bible. And so what, um, I've given you this piece of paper so you can take notes. If it's easier for you as I read the passage to close your eyes and just think about it, that's fine. You can open the Bible or your own Bible to that passage so you can read it in front of you. You can follow along on the screen or you can take notes under each one of these sections. Um, that whatever is most helpful for you to dive into this text and let God speak to you instead of me coming up here and saying what I think God has for you in this message. So I'm going to begin by praying and then I'm going to read through the passage just become familiar with it. Let us pray. Lord God, I thank you for this time that we can gather as your people, and we invite your Holy Spirit right now to come into this moment, this holy moment of reading your scripture, of allowing you to speak to us, especially on the topic of how deep your love is for us. I pray that as we read this passage, you would clear our minds and our hearts um, to take all distractions away, and would we just soak in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to pause for just a few seconds. We're going to take a deep breath, take a note if you need to, and then I'll explain the next reading. For this next reading, uh, we're going to be meditating on this a little bit more. So I want, as we read through it, I want you to think what words stand out to you. And maybe write those down or circle them in your Bible. What phrases really stand out to you and mean something to you today? Is there something happening here that speaks to you today? And what is it saying about your life? For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I will pause for another minute. If you need to soak in that, rest in that, write about it, and then I'll explain the next reading. For this next reading, this third one, we're going to contemplate um, or rest in God's presence. And so as we read through this, is there something specific that God is speaking to you about that is standing out that you feel like God is saying this to me today and he wants me to know that? For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I'll pause again for a moment, and then we will pray this as our final prayer. For this last one, this is a prayer 
written as a prayer, and we are going to pray it together. And so I'm going to invite you to say it out loud with me. We're going to read it. And then at the end, um, as me and Pastor Andrew transition, I invite you to write um, down um, what is comforting to you from this passage. What gives you hope? What gives you peace? Let us read this together. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Please take a moment to reflect on that prayer, and I invite Pastor Andrew forward. Well, good morning. Um. Thank you for bearing with us. Maybe that was your first time doing a, like a meditative scripture reading, uh, even though we've done it here in the past. Uh, one thing I like about this is you now have a tool that you can take home with you uh, and read through the scriptures. Take a, a Bible verse or a Bible passage, and you can replicate this with any, any piece of scripture uh, and discern what God is speaking to you in that scripture. Uh, and so, uh, if that was your first time, uh, I thought I'd bring a few of my reflections as we prepped on this and studied it this week. Uh, and maybe, maybe if you're struggling to, to take something with you out of that exercise, if it was your first time, I understand that. I've been there. Um, there's a few things here that maybe you can take with you. So, as we reflect on what we just heard and read four times, uh, I would ask you, what is God stirring up in your heart and your mind? What feelings, what emotions, what truths, what's coming to your mind through hearing and through reading that scripture passage? How might God want to move you? How might God want to comfort you or grow you or even correct you through these verses? And that's one of the ways that we as Christians want to continually approach the scriptures and the word of God. We read the Bible, not just to read the Bible out of duty, but we read the Bible so that we can see, okay, Lord, what do you want to speak to me? How do you want to stir up our hearts and minds in a way that is honoring to you? Lord, how do you want to move me from here to here in your kingdom? How do you want to comfort me in my time of suffering or grief or loss? How do you want to grow me? How do you want to correct me? What, what are the ways of my life that are inconsistent with your ways? And Lord, how can you challenge me through your word to grow me? So that's how we want to approach the scriptures. And so one of the first things that stuck out to me as I read this and prepared was these first two verses. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I thought to myself, when was the last time you kneeled before the Father? Not necessarily physically, like on a kneeler, like we have here. You might say Maundy Thursday, 
if you were here Monday, Thursday, and kneeled with us and took communion up there. Or if you were confirmed recently, you might say your confirmation service, you kneeled up there before the Father. But kneeling before the Father is more than just physically getting on your knees. It's a posture of the heart and of the mind, of bowing to the Lord and to the Savior of all. Prayer is often one of those things in the Christian church where people seem to hesitate or struggle to engage with, uh, especially publicly, right? Nobody wants to pray in public, it seems. Uh, But I want to remind you this morning that God is very much approachable. We don't kneel before the Father as if we are cowering from a place of being terrified of his wrath or judgment. Jesus has made sure of that, that God is approachable. So if you know Jesus Christ, if he is your Lord, if he is your Savior, then you are okay. Your relationship with God through Jesus Christ is good, and you don't have to be afraid to kneel before the Father. God is very much approachable, and he wants to have conversations with his children who he died for on the cross. And that's you and that's me. So God is approachable, and God's presence in and through his Holy Spirit means that God isn't just up there and God isn't just far away or way over there, but that he's right with us. So again, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit within you already. You've experienced the presence of God through his Holy Spirit, and that doesn't depart from you or leave from you. So kneeling before the Father is not kneeling miles and miles away from the throne room of heaven. No, he is right there with you as you kneel. And so as we dig into this next year, Uh, We're going to start studying the book of James as a church next week. I ask you to make a point to regularly kneel before your heavenly father. He's the one who made you. He gave you life. He loves you. The one who saves you from your sins and calls you into an abundant life. That's who we get to kneel before. The second thing that stuck out to me, there is a this prayer for the reader of the letter that we get to see, that we heard, that we read. And we can take it as a prayer for us as well. One of the cool things about scriptures is they were written then for people then, but they're also for us now today, and God works in and through the scriptures. And so we can take this prayer for ourselves as well because it's in step with Jesus' heart for his people and his church. And the first part of this prayer starts on verse 16. He says, I pray out of the glorious riches, out of his glorious riches, He may strengthen you with the power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Let me read that one more time. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, this is a passage that uh, maybe you can miss the point of really easily, but I've learned to stop If scriptures ever say, so that, then they are telling you why you want to do the thing before the so that, right? So that is an important phrase in the scriptures. The prayer for us is that through God's glorious riches, we would be strengthened with the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's really easy to stop right there. It's really easy to stop there because that's a feel-good, that's an encouragement, and we should be encouraged by that, right? We should want to be strengthened and encouraged uh, by God's glorious riches through the power of his Holy Spirit. But as we continue, we see the so that, so that Christ Jesus himself may dwell in us through faith. Dwell in us through faith. 
Now, dwelling is not just a visit from time to time, right? It's an established, permanent residence. And that's what Jesus wants to do in your life and in your hearts. And through faith, meaning the faith in Jesus Christ, that is what solidifies and sets up Jesus' permanent, solid dwelling and residence in our hearts. And so, pray, I encourage you, when you are kneeling before the Father, remember the so that. Remember what God is doing for you because of his great love and mercy. Remember the purpose of the prayer. It's not just a way to cast off our shame and then go live the same way today that caused us to feel shame and brokenness yesterday. It changes us. It is a way to solidify Christ's presence in your heart and strengthen your faith in Jesus Christ. That's what prayer helps us to do and realize and understand and live more fully into. And then the third thing from this passage that I want to highlight briefly, uh, flowing from these previous two points, the prayer and and the so that, uh, this is a prayer for us that we would be rooted in Jesus and his love. One of our themes here at Emmanuel right now is to thrive. Becoming a place, a church, of people that experience the abundant life of Jesus Christ. Faith, hope, and love, and everything that comes with that. And for any one of us to thrive, and for this church to thrive, we cannot hope to become that if we are not rooted and established in Jesus' love. Rooted means that we live there. We are firmly planted there. And that we draw our sustenance from that spot of Jesus' love. In an agricultural community, we all understand the importance of healthy roots, right? And so when life has storms, we are called to be rooted. And when uh, scriptures convict us of our sin or of things that we believe that are not true, that are false, we are to be rooted and established in Christ's love. And when things in life don't go the way that we think they should for our plans or for someone else's plans for us or whatever that looks like, when they don't go the way that we think they should, that doesn't change our calling to be rooted and established in Christ's love. And so as we dig into James in this new year and we have some challenging teachings, I want to echo this prayer of Paul to the Ephesians that you might be strengthened by the Holy Spirit and rooted, established firmly in the love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. There is no other place to thrive. Humanity has searched time and time again for life. And there's no place that we can thrive other than this rooted, established place of Jesus' love. There's no other place we can thrive as people, as a church. There's no other place that we can find the abundant life that Jesus desires for us to live. Let's pray. Lord, we pray simply this morning this. Lord, would you call us to kneel before you? Remove from us any hesitation to do so. Remove for us any fear of condemnation. Lord, we know that the enemy doesn't want us to humbly kneel before you. So Lord, in place of that condemnation, would you use your Holy Spirit to convict us of the importance and the power of prayer? We pray, second, Lord, that we would not stop reading when we see so that, that we would know why, why you call us to do the things that you call us to do, why Jesus' love and his act of grace and forgiveness through the cross and his resurrection is so important and powerful for us as his people. 
And Lord, we pray that you would help us, teach us what it means to be rooted and established in Jesus Christ's love, not in the ways of the world, not rooted in our own plans, not rooted in our own desires for safety and security as the world would measure them, Lord, but rooted firmly and purely in the love of Jesus Christ who dies for our sins and invites us into eternal life. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.